Hola, stay healthy, New Jersey. This is Dr. Ashton, returning for the intro for this week's podcast. This week's podcast brings back former guest Mike Rozo, assistant gymnastics coach of the women's gymnastics team at Rutgers University. Mike talks about last season and how it was almost a normal season, but ended right at the championship season due to COVID. He also provides an update on college athletes during COVID from his perspective. All right, guys, enjoy this week's episode. This is the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around Somerset and Union County, New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by Strive to Move, located in Warren and Berkeley Heights. Strive to Move helps active adults in New Jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free. All right, we have another previous guest for the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast. We have Coach Mike Rosso here from Rutgers University. He is the assistant gymnastics coach um, at Rutgers. Mike, how are we doing? Good, Justin. Thanks for having me back on. Excited to ask about what's been going on recently. Yeah, so let's go back. Um, Your guys' season started in the beginning of the winter, kind of like a little before basketball, um, and you had a – relatively normal season until it got to about championship season. Yep, absolutely. So if you can remember, take us back to, I guess, if you remember the beginning of March, kind of when we all started to become aware of coronavirus and COVID, and you know, what did that look like for you working at a college and with a D1 gymnastics team, and you know, how did that all play out? Yeah, it seems like so long ago now. Um, but it was, it was like a normal season, as normal as it could have been up to that point. Uh, you know, you started just hearing like small little tidbits about uh, COVID in the news and everything, but nothing was pointing to the direction that things went up until it happened. We competed the week before everything got canceled for us. We competed at the University of New Hampshire. We came back, had a normal week of practice. Well, I shouldn't say that. We practiced that week, everything was fine. We were scheduled to have a home meet that weekend. Like two days before our home meet, that's when things started to get a little crazy and they were telling us, all right, you guys, we're having this competition, but there's gonna be no fans in the arena. And we were like, what are you talking about? How are we gonna have a competition without any fans? It just didn't make any sense to us because like we didn't know exactly the extent of everything that was going on at the time. So we were like, all right, I guess this is what we're going to have to do. Like, we don't have any say about that. So we were planning on having our meet with no fans. Um, we actually had a couple of teams had to cancel their, their meets that weekend because they were traveling by air. So they reached out to us, some local teams, and said, hey, do you have any space for us to come and compete with you guys? So we were set up to have some other teams that weren't um, – originally scheduled to be with us, come and compete at us. And then I think it was that Thursday of that week when the NBA canceled their season. And then that following morning was the word that we were done. And it, it all happened so fast because like I said, the week before we were competing very normally, full, full capacity in the stands and everything. Come by Thursday night, Friday morning, everything's done. It was like that for us. Just for my own timeline, was this prior to the Big Ten tournament where the basketball team got on the floor and then got pulled off? Do you remember? Yes. So I think when they got pulled off, 
I think because that was Rutgers basketball that got pulled off. Yeah. I believe that was that Friday. Got it. That they got pulled off. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. And that's when we got worried. And the biggest thing for us during that time, which I was pretty upset about at the time, was Friday was a scheduled off day for us. So everybody was home. No one was on campus. Like, we weren't on campus. The girls were just doing their normal everyday student stuff. We had to tell them by, like, a group chat that, like, hey, we're done because we couldn't call them all back in to come to the facilities when they weren't scheduled to. They just tell them that we were done. So, so that was – things got canceled. That was my next question. Once that meet was canceled, was the season canceled or not yet? It's funny because I remember like during that week going back and forth with you, like just like following Twitter, like nonstop and just like update, 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 update. I think at that time, like once they gave us the cancel, I think everything was canceled for us. Got it. And so uh, you guys got word from, you know, probably your bosses and you had to relay it to the girls. What was that like? It wasn't fun. Like, no matter what, it wasn't fun. But like I just said, like the biggest part of why it wasn't a good situation was because we weren't there to do it in person. Right. All of other sports were able to like, they were in the middle of practice and like they were able to finish practice and then they told them. Right. But we were, it was an off day. No one was on campus. So we had to tell them, um, do like our group chat. Right. And what was the reaction? Was it, was it like upset? Were they, understanding at that point i like i don't think anyone no one no one's been through this no one understood at all was it like anger was it upset i think it was all of the above i think at that time they couldn't really understand because i don't think anybody understood yeah so they they were not i don't think they took it very well right but i think things got easier as time goes on and you've been able to see kind of the scale of what's been going on so it's kind of helped in a way but it wasn't the best way to go about things yeah it's almost like if there's anything mentally that's been okay easier with this it's it's not like the big 10 canceled the gymnastics season you know the whole world canceled everything and so it's almost a little easier to cope knowing that everyone's uh sort of going through a lot of this together uh so once that was canceled this is like mid-march roughly did the girls come back to school um the next week in person If I'm remembering correctly, because I don't want to speak on absolutes. Yeah, it's okay. I think, like, once our season was – okay, now I remember. Leading up to our season being canceled, professors were already, like, starting to cancel in-person classes, and the university was already starting to cancel in-person classes. So by the end of that weekend, that following week, everything was online. Got it. And so once it went online on a college campus, you know, we know about, you know, the high school and obviously, you know, lower than that kids are home and just doing, you know, Zoom or whatever the case may be. But at a place like Rutgers or on the team where you have girls that, you know, some are live close, some live in other countries, uh, were they, were they going back home? Were they staying on in their dorms? Were they staying on camp? Like, how did that work in the general? So pretty much everyone was told, like, you have to go home. You have to get off campus. Okay. So for the girls that, like, lived off campus, they were able to just 
Um, stay in their house off campus. They could stay in their house, but like pretty much everyone went back to like where they were from. Yeah. Um, we were able to accommodate um, for any travel expenses that people needed help with since these were unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Um, everybody like had to get out pretty quickly. And then I guess sometime in April, they were like told like, Hey, you guys can come back and come into the dorms and pretty much clean your dorms out. Um, we were also able to, if they didn't have the opportunity to come back to campus for the student athletes that are living in the dorms that we could, um, have university workers come and take their stuff and clean it, sanitize it, and put it into um, storage facilities for them. Right, right. So season gets canceled, you know, classes finish up online. Um, how many seniors did you have this year? Um, three. Three seniors. What was that like for them? It was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. A lot of them, those three seniors were able to really start peaking at the right time right at the end of the year. Yeah. And I was kind of doing a little bit of stats behind the scenes. And all three of them, um, regardless of whether our team was going to make it to postseason or not, they were on track to individually make it to postseason. Right. Some of them, they've never made it to postseason before. For, and so for them to have the opportunity to represent themselves and represent the university at postseason, not be able to do it, it was very hard for them to take. And it was very hard for all of us as a coaching staff to take for them. How do you anticipate going forward, um, you know, the, the progress of the team? So, you know, when we talked the first time about, you know, you guys are basically in a rebuild, build, rebuilding the Rutgers gymnastics back or building it up um, to, to become a comp competitive in the Big Ten. And this year there were some, some you know, some moments of, of really bright spots. Yep. Um, do you, are you guys nervous that you may have lost ground? at this point or you're confident that, you know, when you can get back that, you know, pick up and kind of move in the right direction. I'm real as a staff, we're all pretty confident that we're going to be able to continue where we left off. I think the big equalizer in this situation is that everybody across the country is having to deal with this. Yeah. So we're all still on the same level playing field. Um, in terms of like keep taking steps as a program, the number one thing that you have to be on top of is recruiting. And right now, that's the hardest thing for us to do. For us as a sport and the way that we do things as a staff, we really prioritize um, evaluating kids, like really strongly starting March, April, May. That's when these girls um, in high school have their biggest level of competitions. And for us to not be able to go out and watch them compete, watch them practice in their gyms, travel, especially over the summer, uh, they have a lot of collegiate showcases that we would attend. Um, which we can no longer attend. So it's been a lot of YouTube online video watching. And it's also been hard because you want to keep evaluating these kids, but they haven't been in the gym for three months. And right. some still aren't in the gym. Right. So yeah. it's, everyone across the country is having to deal with the same thing. It's very, very tough right now. Yeah, so I guess just to give it a little more context, you guys are, I guess you can call it, the equivalent would be like a developmental program. Yeah. Um, you, you and I joked the other day, it would be nice if you could recruit former Olympians to come to the school, but you're not really there yet. You know, you're not the UCLA's or Oklahoma's that can just go pluck girls from anywhere where it's proving commodities. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, you need to watch them to make sure they can do gymnastics, but you probably saw them already. You guys are in a position where um, you really need to find the diamonds in the rough, which requires – 
more work. It requires, um, you know, more, more seeing them in person to see what they can project to, right. if they have the right mindset and hopefully finding one or two names that maybe weren't highly recruited that could come in and become, you know, hopefully stars or just quality members of a big 10 gymnastics program. Exactly. It's been tough. Although I think one day we, we're hopefully going to be at the level of some of those UCLA's and Oklahoma's. We yeah. definitely still have to do a little bit more work trying to find the right student athletes that are on the peak. Yes, for sure. For their athletic careers. Which I think, no, I was going to say, I was going to change topics. I was thinking about, um, to not change topics, but when you came on the first time, I don't think you were in the new facility. Maybe you guys were, but you, uh, when, when you and I first met, it was, when I was working for Rutgers and you were a student assistant, we were in the old Livingston campus, um, which, which to put it lightly, was not exactly a, a mecca for gymnastics competition at any level. And nope. in the, is it, have you been there one year now or two years in the new facility? So technically it'll be one year in September. So this past year was your first year there? Yep. So I guess update us on that. What's, how has that been overall, either from recruiting or just logistics or being in a brand new, awesome, like state-of-the-art facility versus where you were before? Yeah, I mean, it's such like a, a key word, but complete and utter game changer for our program. Going from where we were to our facility before to where we are now, it's like going from – I don't know, a high school football field that's still mostly dirt to, yeah. um, the, to AT&T Stadium. Has it helped with recruiting so far? 100%. Yeah, girls come in and you can just see the look on their faces like, wow, I could potentially call this place home for the next four to five years. Right. And do you, do you ever take them back to the old place and be like, hey, this is where we came from? So we took some of our recruits like that we had – come on campus at the end of last summer yeah. to show them the difference. But like going forward, we're not going to bring them over there anymore. Yeah. It, it was pretty cool because one of our student athletes that we have committed in our 2021 class actually was able to come on campus. I would say she was on campus in the beginning of August last year. So she got to come into the gym when I was still like in his construction phase. And then she came on a, an official visit at the end of September when everything was done. So she was able to kind of see some of the before and after. And that was really something to see. That's awesome. How have you, have you guys, for, are you guys able to communicate with the team right now? Like the girls that are, you guys can communicate with them, correct? Yes. We do pretty much weekly like Zoom meetings once a week with them, catch up meetings every week. And you're in a sport where for the most part, you don't really get a ton of time off. So at this point, normally they would be back on campus already training, right? A hundred percent. Yep. Um, so with so much, I'm not even going to ask you, what does it look like going forward? Cause I know that you don't know because nobody really knows um, right. in the next, you know, short term future, but what, what's the message to the girls and the team? How, what have you guys been saying to them? What's the conversation been like knowing that, you know, you guys have, don't know the answer right now, what, what's going to happen? Right. So there's a couple different layers to that question. Number, the first thing that we do is just make sure they're okay. Make sure mentally um, they're doing okay. Make sure their home environments, everything is okay. They don't need any other necessities that they don't have access to. Just make sure that they're in a good place. That would be the first thing. 
Um, number two, we've worked a lot on trying to just keep up the open communication and just making sure if there's anything that we can do for them, that we're here for them, we're going to support them in any way that we can. Don't hesitate to reach out whenever. We know this is some kind of form of communication that we're not used to, but it's going to be the best that we have for right now. Um, another layer that we've been working on is with our strength and conditioning coach, uh, Mike DeMarco, he, that we've been um, sending out voluntary home workouts that they can do for those that are still um, quarantined at home and the gyms aren't open for where they're at, um, just to do the best that they can to stay in shape because the more in shape that you are when you do come back to gymnastics, it's the easier to return to gymnastics it's going to be. And knowing that, whenever they do start coming back to gymnastics again, it's going to be a slow progression. We're not going to jump full, full, full bore right into it again. You got to build them up in a safe manner, really get that gymnastics mind muscle connection going again. Uh, last time you were on the podcast, we actually had to have the opposite conversation and we kind of debated back and forth about how gymnastics is one of those sports where the girls just, you know, they get to get beaten up to be up, to be frank. Um, and it's like an overused sport and the girls train most of the year. And, and part of the question that we talked about was how much do they need to do to maintain and gain skill versus how much do they need to train so they don't get hurt. Now you have a completely different problem um, outside of them being injured. This is 1000% the most any of them, probably since they were about four years old, have not gym done gymnastics. It's completely unprecedented. Um, so for you and, and Umi, the head coach or the strength staff, what are those conversations like about planning on going forward? And, and I guess, you know, my world and you like it too, the college football, they basically determine that to play, they need about six weeks to get there. What's the conversation that you've had with either your colleagues or with, um, you know, other people in the industry or with just Umi about what you think it takes to get these girls ready for, for a season? Right. So I'm part of this little um, big 10 group where there's like, five or six coaches, um, various screen head coaches and assistant coaches where we hop on like Zoom meetings every couple of weeks and just kind of update on what's going on at our universities and how we plan on returning to play once we do return to play. And we've kind of talked about that. We feel like the minimum amount of time that we would need to prepare our team to get ready for a competition season would be about three, three and a half, four months. So that's pretty much starting right in September, mm -hmm. but that's not taking into um, consideration starting at ground zero per se, mm -hmm. where, these, where these student athletes haven't really been doing the sport. So it's going to be, this is where the playing field is going to start to get a little bit uneven for like us in, for those in the universities already, where some universities are able to open up a little bit sooner than others. Yeah. Because we've talked about it in our meetings where some of them said, like, we've been told we can have girls come back into our facilities in the middle of July. And, and you know, Rutgers over here hasn't been told any specific dates yet and definitely not the middle of July. Sure. So they're going to have a little bit of advantage there, but it's up to us as a coaching staff to prepare our team the best with what we have laid out in front of us. What percentage of your girls are back to training at home, like in the gym, the gymnastics gym? I'd say half-ish, just under half, I would say. I mean, we have a lot from the Northeast area, and that's kind of where gyms haven't really been opening up as much as yeah. 
states, although with some cases rising, who knows if those gyms will stay open. Sure. Um, have you noticed or seen maybe any uh, hesitation for the girls to go back to the gyms, like just mentally or emotionally, like they're afraid of getting sick or anything, or many of them are like, hey, I'm, uh, I get it, I'm okay, accepting the risk, I'm young and healthy, but where, where does that come for you guys? I would say for the vast majority, it's been, I'm accepting other risks. Whenever my gym's open, I'm ready to go back. Mm -hmm. I think like you have a group of very determined student athletes that are ready to get back and continue on the success that we've been starting last year and this year and they're ready to keep taking steps and they're going to do whatever they need to do to continue on that path. And fortunately, most of them can't be in the gyms, but for the ones that are able, they are going in and doing what they need to do right now. Yeah. Have you learned any lessons yourself over the past three or four months? Um, whether it's about coaching, whether it's about um, uncertainty, relationships, or anything that you've taken away um, that hopefully in five years from now, you're like, yeah, this is, this, this benefited me in this way. Uh, the first one's a little bit less serious, but the first one is I can't work from home. You don't like it, huh? Uh, I can't do it. I need to be like in my designated workspace to be able to like really focus and be like, all right, this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I just, Oh, I got to go do laundry or I got to make lunch or, you know, who knows what comes up. Sure. But it is what it is. Uh, the next one is really like the old saying of like, expect the unexpected. Yeah. That's what this is right now. You never know what's going on, going to go on. And it's so cliche to say, but expect the unexpected and make the most of your time with those around you. You right. really, really do never know when, when those last days that you're going to like be with someone is like I've for those first few weeks, I was taking it pretty hard that for the seniors that graduated, we didn't, weren't able to finish their season off. And that, that Thursday right before everything got canceled was the last time that we've been able to see each other or work with each other. And it just yeah. got without anybody letting us know that that's how it was going to happen. So just right. appreciate every moment, put it in, put the work in. Right. Now, I know for the spring season, there was some talk, and I think it passed, about letting these kids come back to go again. You're, they're seeing the winter sports. That's not happening, right? They're, they're kind of done. Right, yeah. That's pretty yeah. much yeah. <clears throat> Okay. Um, has there been anything else that's been a positive takeaway from any of this that you've learned about your team? Or your, and I guess I could share with you, with my staff here, I think – um, one of the major positives is we realize how good the people we have are, right? And like, so we've been able to see everyone's really stepped up and there's been no ego and we worked as a team and um, we've been able to, to go forward and kind of support each other. That's been, you know, something anytime you're tested, you kind of reveals what, what, what you've got happening. You know, has there been any positives for you guys as a, as a program or individually? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think one of the biggest things is, how big of a family we are. Yeah. I think it's easy to say you guys are a family when you're around each other every day, you're doing the same things all the time. But when you're not apart, I mean, when you're not together and you are apart and you're still talking to each other every day, you're still communicating, you're still checking in. That's when you really know that you're a family and you love each other. And we've had a lot of that going on over these past few months. Another thing is just how great the university has been. When all this started, everybody jumped into action. What do we need to do to make sure our student athletes are safe? What do we need to do to make sure that 
we are safe? What do we need to do to make sure that we're handling these situations in the correct way? Every, nobody sat back and said, well, we don't know. That's not my job. Everybody jumped forward and said, what can I do? What do we need to do to get this done? And it's been pretty great to see. And it's been pretty exciting to see that all of that has been happening, especially as a, a Rutgers alum, that we can put good light on the university. This is a selfish question, as you'll um, sort of know my interest. Well, you know my interest. And it's unfortunate that we're not around campus because we probably can't feel it. But is there is there a renewed sense of energy in the athletic department with Coach Ciano back for everyone, or you kind of haven't felt it because uh, because no one's you know no you're not there. I could say I've definitely felt it even yeah. while being home because he was around for obviously a couple of months from when he got hired to when he, things got shut down. And then if you're looking up at the insider stuff like me and you are, and looking yeah. at the way that he's been able to recruit both staff and players and all right, this guy's 100% going to get things back on track for Rutgers football. And he was 100% the right hire to make. And it hasn't slowed him down at all. I mean, you look at where he's done with recruiting this past couple of months and he has not slowed down. The, the program has not slowed down in that they're still bringing in great level recruits, even while they can't come on campus, all these um, student athletes that are in the transfer portal that are from this area are looking to come back to this area. I think it's huge because New Jersey is such a densely populated state with some great student athletes that are in it. We just need to keep those student athletes staying in New Jersey and keep preaching the fact that Rutgers is a great place to be, that it's only a matter of time before all of the sports on campus are in the upper, upper echelons of the big 10. That's got to be, even as, even though you're colleagues with someone like that, um, you know, he's uh, obviously a high, high level recruiter, but he's just been like, you know, he's very well respected in the profession. So even though you're a colleague with him, there's got to be some lessons that you can take from kind of being around and watching how he operates and what happens that you hopefully can translate into what you're doing, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I haven't had the opportunity yet to be around him. Um, I'm hoping that through the coming months and years, once we can get back on campus, that we'll be able to interact a little more just in like all staff meetings we have usually once a month and everybody will kind of give, stand up and kind of say what's going on with their program. This is what I've been doing. This is not what I've been doing. Just pick pieces from your, the brain that they've been around from so many great people. I mean, he was in the NFL. He worked with Urban Meyer. He was at like, um, Ohio State. He worked with, although it was short, he was with um, Bill Belichick. Belichick for a couple, yeah, weeks, whatever it was. Yeah, pick people's brains. That's what you need to do. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, and I think there's parallels between even his first run at Rutgers. You know, people kind of there's always criticism for everyone, especially at that level, which I have to imagine he doesn't care because he just lives that world. But people forget what what he came into originally and and what he left the program as going forward. And for you guys as a gymnastics program, probably a lot of parallels. Don't have, didn't have facilities, kind of the program wasn't doing well, um, and just kind of keep working hard and keep sticking your nose to the grindstone. And we talked about it yesterday, chicken or the egg, what comes first, you win, or you, and then you can recruit, or you recruit, and then you win. But there's probably a lot there that, you know, parallels between the two, his, his first kind of term, so to speak, and then where you guys are as a program, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the big thing was, what was he here before? 
he left for Tampa almost 10 years. I think 10 years, yeah, basically 10 years. And you saw just the steady progress of his program. Yeah. Those, those steady progress steps to me really says like, all right, I'm not just trying to quick fix this and make it fall off later. I'm doing everything that's right. So like once we get to here, it'll stay here all the way. Yeah. Through. I think that's a lot of correlation to what we're trying to do to our program. We're trying to build it the right way, take some time, but in the end, it'll all be worth it. And he really laid out that, laid out that foundation in his first 10 years. I, I probably, I learn a lot of lessons about leadership probably because I like sports, but I, I like reading about coaches and understanding. So I, I kind of study it a ton. One of the stories I heard about Shiano was, I think it was after he got the second level of the stadium built. As soon as like the day construction was over, he looked at someone and said, I can't wait till there's a hundred thousand people in this. Like as soon as he got his, like built the stadium up next level where a lot of people would be like, all right, let's kind of, chill and take a break he was me already thinking about getting doubling the size of the state like that's just the way the mentality that he has you know just there's never enough and then you know if people have had success sometimes you look at it and success leaves clues and I just thought that was an interesting anecdote as to you know what it looks like when, when you think in those terms right yeah I mean he's got that always go mindset okay great I have this but what else do I need to keep pushing our program forward, pushing our yeah. program forward. And that's what he's done. And that's what Rutgers has been missing for a little bit. Yeah. Glad to have him back. Cause he's going to, he's going to push the football program. He's going to push the athletic program. He's yeah. going to university. It's great. It's a great hire for everybody across the yeah. board. Yeah. And then again, I, I I'll harp on it only because it's interesting to me, but, um, but I think there's lessons to be learned, you know, being in the area that we live, there's a lot of former Rutgers football players that we can interact with around that played for him. And so, you know, you talk to them and they kind of share some stories about it. And the thing that you hear a ton about him is like a lot of the times when you're playing for him, you, you hate everything that happens, but the way they talk about him now is he's like revered and they respect him so much. And Maybe, yeah, he was rough on them while they were there, but they understand now. And not rough in, like, a bad way, but he expected a lot from them. Um, and he, he, he had really high expectations. And it wasn't easy, but they kind of – they look at him as someone that made them into kind of the men they are today. And you hear that over and over and over again. And I think, you know, that, that legacy or that impact that you have on people, while in the moment it's hard and they don't really even understand, you can tell that – that's the lasting effect that he does have on the people that he works with, so to speak. Yeah. I think you can really see that with look at his staff from the top to the bottom and look how many good point. former players he has on staff or former just assistants that he worked with in the past that he brought back. I think a lot of that is just the relationships that they were able to build together from the players with Shiano to the staff to the Shiano. They all know what he's about and they want to be a part of that. And that's yeah. volumes to the person that he is. Yeah, it's that's a great point. I didn't, I didn't even consider that that you know if if it was if it was so bad, why would they want to come back and work? Yeah. With them, you exactly. know, so I, I, that's a, that's a that's a fantastic point. Um, anything else that you want? Any other lessons or anything else you want the audience to kind of know about or uh, or, or do uh, going forward? Um, I'm just gonna go back to the point I kind of made about one of the lessons I learned is just. Be ready to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to be a little bit uncomfortable. That's how you really grow. You're never going to be 
pushing forward and progressing if you're just in the constant state all the time. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge reminder to us. Um, just be ready. You never know. And it doesn't even mean about the world shutting down. It's just be ready for your life to come at a crossroads and you need to make a left turn or a right turn and just be okay with things change. You don't have to be in the same road all the time. Right. No, that's good. And no, it's a good lesson. And hopefully when we do get back to normal, we'll still remember, you know, some of those lessons that we learned here. Uh, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast brought to you by Strive to Move. If your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain-free, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it. Find our ebooks online at strivetomove.com slash our services. There you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain, knee pain, sports injuries, and CrossFit injuries. These ebooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit strivetomove.com slash our services to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908-547-0729 or visit us at strivetomove.com and click the talk to the doctor first button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast.